All right, we are recording. Cool. <clears throat> this is exciting. <laughs> We're probably gonna need to do some clapping. Uh, we don't need to do clapping. Oh, snap, that's awesome. So this is gonna be just part of the podcast, even though it's not really. I guess so. Okay, cool. Oh, and right about now is when the theme music is gonna roll in, right? It sure can. Oh, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to Region Unlocked. We have a very special episode. Special in that it might be very cool. It also (laughs) might be one of the dumbest ideas I've ever had. So, uh, I'll explain in a moment, but Jake, hello. Hey, Cameron. You don't have dumb ideas. You have very (laughs) ambitious ideas. That's, there's a big difference. That's, That's good. This is a good one. So... Jake is still here in America (laughs) as of recording right now. We are driving Mm -hmm. from Lafayette to Kokomo to take him home. And I thought, let's try to record an episode while I drive. Yeah. yeah. And who knows how this will go. I think it's going to go great. And you know what? If it ends up not being adequate or... You know, not according to our specifications of what we thought, our preconceived notions. It's going to be great because that just means it's going to be different from our expectations. It's not going to be worse. It's just going to be different. I don't know why I'm saying that. Um, It's hard to think of what to say while driving at the moment. Yeah, this is new. This is new. Uh, So I did say last week that this episode would be very meta, and that is because a lot of people listen to podcasts while they drive. So now you're going to listen to some people drive while you drive, and maybe we'll take a break and listen to Region Unlocked as we drive. So you're going to listen to us, listen to that. No, we, we won't do that. We won't Whoa. listen to more. But still, how how often does that happen, that you are driving while listening to someone driving? Oh, doesn't happen every day, for sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I can't recall the last podcast I listened to where they were like, hey, we're recording from a car. Surprise. <laughs> so we, a, we just did that. We have a very interesting setup. I got my mic kind of sandwiched in between us, my laptop in the back seat. And also in the back seat joining us is Lindsay. Hello. Louder, Lindsay. Hello. That was too loud. <laughs> so she's going to help us with some parts of the podcast. But for the most part, she's just also going to listen and enjoy. I'm also playing Stardew Valley. Oh, nice. Kinda. So this is very video gamey. I mean, you got someone playing the video game as we're podcasting, and we're gonna be talking about video game things. <laughs> okay. This is amazing. It's very meta. We need to stop talking <laughs> about talking. Okay. And ask questions. So all right. Here you are, Jake, at the end of your trip, having been here for ten days or so. Yeah, about. What has been the highlights of being back? Highlights of being back. Uh, right off the bat, I think the best part is, well, first off, seeing the people. That is just a given. Like, seeing all the people I know and love has been wonderful. You know, it's been way too long, over two years since I've seen anyone um, or even been close to them. And uh, I think the second best thing, kind of on par with that, is just how normal everything was when I came back. Yeah. Like, not much had changed. Like, you know, obviously a couple things changed, but for the most part, it was like reliving the good old days from pre, you know, crazy two years ago shenanigans. Mm-hmm. And it's been great. Um, I'm 
kind of sad though <laughs> because it's such a short amount of time I've felt a lot of sadness just a lot of you know oh I have to go back soon <laughs> I need to enjoy my time here and I almost feel like could I have done more probably but you know you take your memories you enjoy them you make the best of the time that you have and I've certainly enjoyed the time that I've had here in the States well we've enjoyed having you well thanks it's been very great seeing both of you um, I guess that was really my only question about that. Lindsay, do you have any questions for Jake? What was the most satisfying meal you had while being here? I think the most satisfying meal I had was probably the first one that I had when I came back. And that was breakfast the next morning. Uh, we went to IHOP and I had just like bacon and eggs and generic American breakfast food, which I had not had in so long. So that was wonderful. And it just sparked those memories again. Yeah, that's a good American breakfast. On top of that, just every burger and every bit of American type cuisine I've had since then has been golden. Sometimes golden brown. Oh, <laughs> solid. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. What do you normally have for breakfast in Japan? In Japan, I usually have eggs, but they're not like American style. Um, I'll usually just make them up. And oftentimes I'll add a little bit of seaweed to it for spice. Um, oh. Yeah, <laughs> some salty seaweed and uh, some orange juice usually. And occasionally I'll have fish because fish is a common breakfast food in Japan. Uh, when I get a chance, I'll eat American style, but eating cereal is a little more difficult because milk is expensive and sold in tiny portions. Same with breakfast cereal, but occasionally I'll have breakfast cereal if I'm feeling fancy. What are those breakfast cereals similar to what we have here? For the most part, uh, you see a lot of like granola type cereals. There's not nearly as many fun cereals over there. Um, and you buy them in smaller portions, but like they've got frosted flakes over there. They're called corn frosties though. Corn Frosties. And they come in bags for the most part. You don't see box cereal very much. Yeah. But, yeah. Huh. That's breakfast in Japan. And I usually make my own coffee now that I have my own apartment. Or a bigger apartment, I should say. <laughs> How were you getting coffee before? Just vending machines? Vending machines. Everywhere. They are so common. Like, everyone just gets stuff from vending machines. And you get a little too reliant on them. But they are kind of pricey because it adds up. Convenience. Yeah. Yes. Convenience is costly. Yeah, it is. But if you're in Japan and you see a vending machine, it doesn't matter how thrifty you are. You just want to keep going back to them because they're fun. What is, like, the craziest thing you've seen in a vending machine that's, uh, I guess, <laughs> listener-appropriate? That's listener-appropriate? Okay. Uh, yeah, that's listen um, <laughs> You see a lot of, uh, I guess, um, toys, like, it's toy series that rotate very frequently like you you, have, you see a lot of collections of small toys um, in vending machines you'll see like different styled army men uh, one time I saw little like Easter Island head statues and they were all just different colors and you were supposed to collect them all uh, you see just random toys hmm. um, food wise though you can get pizzas in vending machines there are a couple of new pizza uh, vending machines I've not tried them out yet but I've seen them. Okay. And I saw someone use it. So that was cool. So hold on. Is it like make a pizza? Yeah. And does it come out hot? Yeah, it comes out hot. That's hot pretty cool. It is pretty cool. I don't know how healthy it is, but hey, you get your pizza basically 3D printed right there. Oh, okay. So you see it like 
yeah, I guess how much is that visual? Do you get to see things happen? Uh, no, you don't. Oh, <laughs> darn it. That would be cool, though. Um, yeah, so I don't know how pricey they are. I didn't really pay attention. That's probably the coolest thing, the pizza vending machine. So very roundabout answer for your simple question. <laughs> oh, well. All right. So I'm trying to think if there's any more Japan questions I want to ask. Hmm. Maybe they'll come up later. Okay. So... In the spirit of this little road trip, we thought we would talk about some driving-related things in video games, but we don't really like the racing games, the games that are driving-specific. Mm. So we thought we'd bring up some games and talk about uh, like the best modes of transportation in video games where racing and driving is not the main focus. Yeah. So... I wanted to start off with probably one of the most iconic vehicles in all of video games being the Warthog in okay. the Halo series. The Warthog is an awesome off-roading little Jeep convertible type thing. Yeah. With a sweet little horn. Uh-huh. And it's just very fun to like fishtail all over a map and hit sweet jumps and hit a whole car full of them with a rocket launcher and get a <laughs> sick triple kill or something yeah. but like vehicles in halo have always been a lot of fun yeah yeah they, they really are um i'd say for the most part the controls do take some getting used to they can be a bit touchy but like it's just fun especially when you got so much combat type action going around on the map um yeah like the banshee sure the banshee's really fun uh the warthog's really fun too I would I would echo all of that. I mean, I guess is that considered a car? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Why would it not be? Oh, well, we were just gonna think like other modes of transportation that were not cars. Oh well. Well, I mean that's. I'll, well, we'll get there too. We okay, can, okay. We can talk about many things. Yeah. I guess it's uh, it's it's more of its own kind of thing. It's like a, I don't know, off roady type car. Yeah. It's really cool. And it's fun to try to coordinate with a with your team to capture objectives. Uh-huh. Do uh, capture the flag and whatnot. Get because you can get the flag carrier in there, and it's an easy way to transport them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Halo has sure. also used the Warthog quite a bit in the campaign. Uh, it seems to be a common ending of the game. Uh-huh. In Halo One, you have to drive a Warthog through all these tunnels while being chased by flood. Okay. And trying to escape in a certain time. Some people hate it. Others love it. I know it is a little tricky because it is a pretty tight corridor that you're trying to escape through. And then Halo 3, we have something similar where you're trying to escape the Halo, the ring as it is exploding. Uh-huh. And that's a pretty cool ending to that game. Fun fact about that, there's this really hard achievement to get where you have to play through the last level of Halo 3 in four-player legendary. Okay. And you cannot die. Oh. No one can die. Snap. So if you play through that level on legendary with four people and no one dies, on your way out before that whole escape sequence starts, you can find these four ghosts, which are like, you know, the hover bikes Uh of Halo. Yeah, yeah. And you get an achievement for getting all four people escaping that level on Ghosts, and it's incredibly difficult to pull off. Yeah, Especially because the level takes, like, an hour to two hours to complete. Okay. And 
I mean, you're screwed if anyone dies. Yeah, yeah, for real. Oh, that sounds awful. <laughs> I mean, good on you if you want to try and accomplish that. Have you ever done that, camera? No, I've never even tried. And I think it's actually a zero-point achievement. Okay. I could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure it only goes towards getting you the unlockable recon armor. Okay. Like, recon was a big, uh, like, last edition DLC for Halo 3, and it was very hard to get. Some very tough achievements. Okay. And I think the last achievement is just called Icon Has Recon. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just cool to see people who had that unlocked. But yeah, I, n- I never tried it. Wow. And I think there's... Uh, a similar ending to Halo 3 ODST where you have to escape on mongooses okay with so you'll have someone on the back with a rocket launcher uh huh and the mongooses are tough just because they are so floaty and kind of whip all around yeah so you hit uh, a jump slightly wrong or get bumped by an explosion yeah you get really screwed up yowza Oh my gosh. Kind of makes me want to play Halo again. Yes, that's what I've been saying for a while. Ever since I played through Infinite, oh my gosh, I want to go back and play through them all, but I've got so many other games I want to play. It's tough. The age-old quandary of, this game's amazing, but this other game's amazing too. Which one do I play? And then you end up not, uh, you know, touching one of them for a very long time. But, anyway. Okay. Uh, so Halo is pretty iconic in general with all of its vehicles, which uh-huh. um, I'd say more so than any other game that's not a racing game, where they're just you see them, you know what they're from, especially with the Covenant things, the Ghost, the Wraith, even the Brute things, like the Brute Chopper, and then of course the, the Scorpion Tank, which is just a blast to play through. A great start of the city level in Halo 2. Okay. Where you get to drive that tank over the bridge as you pursue the scarab tearing through the city. Okay. You just... It's so good. Dang, yeah. I really want to play Halo 2 Anniversary right now. You can. I can! Yes, you can. When you get back home. Alright. Yeah, don't do it right now. <laughs> You're driving. Um, and then, while we're on Halo... Oops, I just turned on my brights, didn't need to do that. So while talking about Halo uh, and Halo Infinite and transportation, Halo Infinite introduced the grapple shot, Mm. and you can get that pretty well upgraded to where you can pretty much kind of Spider-Man through the levels. Okay. And it is a ton of fun. Okay. Uh, For one, just being able to climb mountains and stuff and enjoy moving from A to B, but also you can use it uh, in combat quite a bit, either to hook onto an enemy or uh, you can grapple a gun or an explosive container and it'll come flying back to you. Okay. And also just like real quick getaways where you're being surrounded and you can grapple out. And that was just, it was kind of unexpected for Halo, but also still felt very Halo. Okay. It didn't feel out of place, and I really enjoyed that mechanic, even though actually traversing that world gets pretty boring in Halo Infinite. It's a pretty bland, mm. samey environment throughout. Okay. Gotcha. But I've talked enough about Halo. What else comes to your mind with 
gaming vehicles and such. Gaming vehicles. Uh, so a lot comes to my mind with vehicles for sure. Uh, I want to kind of think about... Okay, so transportation, right? But this time, let's talk about transportation that is not vehicles, so like animals. Okay. Okay, there are lots of games with great modes of transportation that involve riding on top of an animal. And I really enjoy that. And the first thing that comes to mind is Red Dead Redemption 2, which is amazing. Sure. Um, but also Far Cry Primal, very interestingly enough, and even some of the Far Cry games. Uh, but let's talk about Red Dead Redemption 2 first, and um, I'm going to talk about the horses. Yeah. Uh, so not just the horses, but this game takes place, you know, in the very early 1900s, late 1800s. So it's got a very old-timey feel, and of course you got horses, no cars. You can get um, horses and wagons, basically, and you can even ride on the train. Right. Which you can choose to take over or just ride as a passenger or whatever. But the horse mechanics in this game I want to talk about because of all the games I've played, these have the best horse mechanics. Um, it's so realistic. Uh, I, I can't really talk enough about it. Uh, like, I don't know, it just it feels so good. Uh, so you can basically choose your own horse in this game, yeah. right? You can buy all kinds of them. Uh, you know, different breeds. They've got like real life uh, breeds of horses. Big ones, small ones, workhorses, speed horses, racehorses. You can edit like the color and uh, you know the length of the mane and stuff like that. And depending on how you bond with your horse, which is just how much you ride it, you can control it better. Right. Basically. So um, what I like about this is the horses have personalities. Um, oh, really? Yeah, they really do. Different horses act different ways. You can get more wild horses, which have a tendency to maybe buck you off and take a lot longer to train and calm down. Uh, you can catch wild horses um, by, like, roping them and then eventually getting on top of them and trying to switch your saddle and make them all, like, you know, yours and whatnot. Sure. But, um, yeah, they, like, flick their tails, you know, to get the flies off, that kind of thing. Just you know? very realistic. Very realistic. It's it's the really small thing. So I really appreciate the horse mechanics in that game. It's it's just fun to ride around on horses. And the only game that I've seen that was almost as good prior to that was in Shadow of the Colossus. Oh. Where you've got Agro, your horse. Right? Yeah. And he seems very realistic too. And it's a lot of fun just to run around on uh, Agro, right? Yeah. But you can't really beat the good old-fashioned riding around on a horse. Yeah, my uh, so I haven't played Red Dead Two, but it was a fun achievement in Red Dead One. Was called like seen heading south in a white bronco. Yeah, which is a reference to uh, O.J. Simpson being chased by the police. Okay, <laughs> and uh, uh, to to get that achievement, you had to get like your wanted level up, have caught the rarest horse which is like the white bronco uh -huh. and have the u.s marshals chasing you and then you have to escape into mexico oh my gosh on the horse while being pursued by the marshals wow and uh, that was just a really fun achievement to get and funny making fun of uh, a killer i guess <laughs> wow <laughs> but yeah I, I really liked getting horses in that game as well awesome so i guess my only other horse experience would be in breath of the wild uh-huh which, they're not super interesting 
yeah. after you catch one, you don't really need to worry about getting another. Okay. Uh, there's some fun bonus, like, side mission horses you can try to catch, like Zeldas and Ganons. Yeah, yeah. But what I like about that is this was one of the first games with a horse that I played where they made it a point to be like, this is an animal. It's not an idiot. It's yeah. not going to plow straight into a tree if you aim it at a tree. Yeah. Like, it's going to take the path of least resistance yep. and understand what a path is. Yeah. And I remember them showing a demo of that on the Wii U at an E3 years ago and pointing that out. I was like, oh, that's like a really cool touch. Because <laughs> even playing Twilight Princess... And that had a big emphasis on horse and horse combat. Yeah. You would try to jump a fence post and then, like, run into the side of the fence and not jump. And super frustrating. Like, yeah. not the most intuitive horse controls. So it's, I'm glad that it all feels much more organic now. It's definitely organic. I think that's a really good word for it. Yeah. Um, it's pretty similar across most games now. Um where I guess the wildlife feels more wild and the natural things feel more natural. Yeah. So, um, slight, uh, slight deviation from what we're talking about horse-wise. Uh, so we're not going to be talking about horses here in this next one, which is um, Far Cry. And yeah. in Far Cry 4, you can ride elephants. Oh, um, you can? Yes, you can. It's a lot of fun because they are destructive as heck. Yeah. And you can ride that elephant everywhere. But basically, yeah, you ride on top of an elephant after you unlock the uh, um, means to do so. And you can just plow things over. But obviously, it's an animal, so it can get killed, which is kind of hard because you don't want to be running into too much of a firefight with, a, with an elephant. But it's still fun. Uh, they really, really got good at this with Far Cry Primal. And I haven't seen anything like this in another video game where you can ride multiple animals. And it is so much fun. Uh, Far Cry Primal is... It, it takes place in 10,000 BC. So everything is completely, you know, natural. <laughs> wild. Yeah. But you can befriend and calm wildlife in this game. So... That's one of the big uh, points for it, the selling points for it. You can calm wolves and have them, you know, be your sidekicks, right? And you okay. can do that with other smaller animals like, uh, you know, like a mongoose or, um, or, I'm sorry, a badger. But you can even uh, calm, like, um, bears and tigers and saber-toothed tigers, too. Okay. Best and, part and about ride it. ride them or just tame them? And ride them. Okay. Which is really weird but kind of awesome at the same time. So you can ride the bears in this game, and you can ride the woolly mammoths, and you can ride the saber-toothed tigers, which I think is the coolest thing. Yeah. And while you're riding them, they can attack. Oh. So you're like this menacing, you know, duo that can just plow through stuff and get everywhere fast. Yeah. I like that. It's a lot of fun. So definitely one of the more interesting modes of transportation I've seen in a video game. <laughs> well, okay, so to tag on to wild animals, World of Warcraft is, you know, big on mounts. Yeah. And mounts are, they're fun to collect. There's so many of them now. It's crazy how much that game has changed where back in Vanilla WoW, uh-huh. you could get, like, two mounts. You could get your race's default, uh-huh. and then their default's epic mount. 
Yeah. And then if you were exalted with other factions, you could get theirs too, but still not a lot. Okay. And now there is like a, there's thousands, I bet, of different mounts. Okay. Okay. Different flying types and running types and spiders and bears and bats. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> quite, quite a few. And yeah, yeah. Just to talk about transportation, I can't believe what that game used to do to you. Back when I started playing WoW, you didn't get your mount until level 40 hmm. out of 60. Yeah. And that was just your regular 60% faster mount. Yeah. Like, holy cow, you spent so much time in that game just running on foot. Sure, uh-huh. a few different classes could transform into spirit wolves or cheetahs or aspect of the cheetah. And <laughs> I, just, I just can't believe that it took them so long to finally change that. Eventually it was like, okay, level 30 you can get your mount. Level okay. 20 you can get your mount. And then now it's level 10. And mm. even your ults can start with a, a special mount now. So anyway, wow, that game, wow indeed... Wow. <laughs> it, it certainly used to feel a lot bigger because of that, because uh-huh. it took forever to get anywhere. But now it's it's so much more convenient than it ever was. Gotta say, it's a lot of fun to ride those mounts in WoW. Especially the flying ones. Yeah. You got but, so much control. Yeah, and it did make it feel more special, like, discovering new cities and new flight masters. Uh-huh. Because then it's like, oh, look how comprehensive my map is of all these different cities I can fly to, mm-hmm. like in the public transport system. Yeah. Yeah, you could go to Orgrimmar and get on a Zeppelin and hmm. fly that Zeppelin to the Undercity. And it, it did make those feel like really cool hubs mm-hmm. of, you know, it's like, like a bus stop yeah. where you just saw everyone waiting for it. And now the ease of transportation, everyone's spread out. I guess uh-huh. like, that game has been very, very soloist for a while now, where you don't really need to rely on other people. Okay. But anyway, that's a, a different rant. Okay. About wow. <laughs> so cool. Uh, that, that's it for my my animals and stuff. We any, any other vehicles you want to talk about? Vehicles that are, are motorized. Are motorized. Well being kind of fresh off of Far Cry there's some cool ones in that game I mean yeah you got your trucks and your cars and stuff but with the whole survival aspect of that game you do get some rather clever options especially in 6 I think Yeah. but let's actually let's go ahead and start in 4 uh, in 4 you got the first vehicle that was especially unique and that it was a flying vehicle that you could control um, prior to 4 you just had the hang glider which was the only way that you could fly really oh. you are just gliding but in 4 you got the uh, buzzer which is a little gyrocopter that has kind of a homemade feel to it so you know it's it's a little mini helicopter slash airplane thing like single single seater and you finally get control in this game of flying where you want to go and uh, I think something that they didn't uh, take into account there was players have a lot of control so the air support in that game from the enemies was not very good oh. <laughs> so you could like easily drop stuff or like you know just kind of drop artillery onto the uh, outposts and capture them really fast but they did alleviate that in 5 and 6 um, so you had the buzzer and then you got Far Cry 5 which you started getting the airplanes there which are really cool and the helicopters Yeah, splitting them off into two separate things 
I love the helicopters in those games. They just, they feel so fun. Yeah. Um, and then the very best in six is an ATV, like a four-wheeler slash uh, parachute. Oh, really? So you basically have an airplane-type ATV that if you get to a certain speed, you can just take off because it extends the parachute and you're flying around. That's awesome. It is the coolest thing. I don't know why. It's not that special. It's just, it's unique. And yeah. you're driving an ATV through the air. That's cool. <laughs> that is really cool. So, yeah, it's got one of those big fans on the back. You know, like yeah, kind of yeah, air-powered type thing. But, yeah, so I just had to give a shout-out to those motorized transportation modes in um, in Far Cry because they're cool. And so, uh, obviously, a lot of what we're talking about is open world. Mm -hmm. And a staple of open world is fast travel. Yes. So fast travel, basically once you've discovered a location on a map, you just, next time you want to go there, you click it, you load there automatically. Uh -huh. Yep. Um, I'm, I assume we like fast travel, right? I've heard some people complain because it kind of breaks the immersion of a game. Yeah, it breaks the immersion, but if you don't want to be immersed at the time and you want to get someplace fast, there's nothing better to do. <laughs> I... I mean, all, all open-world games need fast travel. Yeah. Like, I don't know who's complaining about you, that. Yeah, you don't have to use it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's your choice. Okay. So, like, the first one I think about is Majora's Mask. Yeah. And that's really cool. I mean, yeah, you have fast travel kind of with um, uh, Ocarina of Time, but in Majora's Mask, you have to find the different uh, owl statues and hit them. Yeah. And you could only warp to those owl statues if you knew the song. Um, the Song of Soaring, pretty much. Yeah. And it had a cool animation that went with it. Cooler than the one in Ocarina of Time, I think. Yeah. So, there's some good fast travel. What well, about you? Uh, no, I like that. I think that's a good point you made about yeah. how Majora's Mask is one of the first ones. And in Ocarina, it was awkward because you can only play the song that took you to the main temples. Yeah, yeah. And then just hope that was near wherever you wanted to go, which it most likely was. Yeah. But talking about Zelda, there's a another game that is nothing but transportation. Okay. And that is Wind Waker. Oh, yeah. Which you still haven't played. Nope, it's now a running meme. <laughs> and it needs to stay running, I guess. <laughs> or swimming. Or, or boating. Or boating. <laughs> but Sailing. I love the King of the Red Lions, who's your boat in that game. Just very cool character, and that world is so fun to explore. Mm -hmm. Because it's the map is broken up into all these little provinces. Uh, I'm not sure how many there are. It's quite a bit. At least a hundred, I'd say. Wow. And each one has some sort of discoverable island in, okay. in every single quadrant. Yeah, yeah, okay. Maybe, maybe not 100. That seems like a lot. But it's, well, I mean... It, it's, it is, it's a big game. It's a big map. And if you're playing on GameCube, you sure spend a lot of time doing that, which is not great. Uh-huh. Because you have to constantly be stopping and changing the direction of the wind by playing the song with your Wind Waker ah. to, to get where you want to go. Mm. In the Wii U version they added in the Swift Sail 
okay. which moves you at double speed, and you don't have to change the wind. You just go whatever direction you want. So you breeze through the game. You breeze through it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So that game's a lot of fun. And then eventually, like, you can't fast travel until pretty far in, until you've gotten the arrows, because up until that until you get the arrows, mm -hmm. you'll randomly come across, like, these water spout hurricanes. Okay. And you get sucked into them, and it will just launch you to some random point in the map. Okay. But once you have the arrows, you'll see there's, like, this wind god inside the hurricane, and you shoot him three times while he's trying to suck you up, and huh. then he gives you the power to control those hurricanes. So then you can start going wherever you want. Well, specific fast travel locations. Okay. That is interesting. Sp sorry for that spoiler there. Oh, what spoiler? I didn't hear anything. <laughs> what? What are you talking about? No. Um, I'm sure that the context will make a lot more sense when I play it. If I play it. Maybe. When I play it. When you play it. A wind I play. <laughs> That's okay. a good one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um... I'm going to go back to Red Dead Redemption 2 here. All right. About, okay, this is fast travel. Like, yeah, okay, we talked about the horses, and that's great. You can fast travel two ways in this game, all right? And it's not with the horses. Horses can be fast, which is great, but it's part of the whole immersion of this game. You can fast travel either by train, so you ride the train, or by wagon, or like, a, you know, express wagon, yeah. right? Um, but they both cost money. Because, I mean, it's part of the immersion, which this game is very strong in. Yeah. So I just thought that was really a unique way of doing fast travel. Like, sure. Not necessarily the paying, but hey, let's ride a train or let's ride the old-fashioned wagon to wherever we're going. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Pretty cool stuff. Um, Jake, how far do you think we still have to go? Oh, let's see. Maybe 15 more miles? Oh, okay. So. So let's go ahead and transition. Instead of talking about transport in games, let's talk about an actual good racing game that we like, and that is Mario Kart. Haha. <laughs> and since Lindsay's still here, hey Lindsay. Hello. I don't, I don't think they can hear you. Hello. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, she's got some Mario Kart trivia for us, and we're gonna play a little trivia game. Sweet. Hello. Welcome to the Cash Cab. Jake, as long as you continue <laughs> the cash cab. to answer questions correctly, we will take you to your destination. Oh, oh okay. If you fail to answer one, we're just going to bring you back home and you can't fly home to Japan. Uh-oh, guess I can't go back to Japan. Uh-oh. <laughs> All right. I don't know any of these questions. That was silly, but I couldn't resist. <laughs> that was funny. That was funny. I like it. All right. So these are some multiple choice trivia questions about Mario Kart. Uh, what do we want our format to be when you guys can answer? Alright, so let's say so that the audience can hear the whole question. We cannot answer over you. We have to wait until you have at least said the question. Sounds good. Um, but if we can figure it out before you're naming all the multiple choice, are we fine just shouting it out? Okay. Okay. Yeah, sounds good. Awesome, awesome. All let's do right. this. Your first Mario Kart question. Which year was Super Mario Kart released for the SNES? <gasps> 1992? 1992. Oh. Um, oh, I don't know if these are correct until the end. <laughs> Didn't think about this. Oh, no. I'm pulling this up from a website. Oh, snap. I thought it was 1993. <laughs> 
Um, all right, let me see how fast this is to check. Sorry about that. You can edit this out, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. So, sorry, technical difficulties. Lindsay needed to actually pull up the answer key separately. So... All right, 1992 is correct. There we go. Oh, snap. Way to go. One for Cameron. Nice. Question two. Mario Kart 64 introduced which two playable characters? Bowser and Princess Peach, Luigi and Toad, Wario and Donkey Kong, or Yoshi and Jeff Stelling? Oh, A. Uh, Peach and... Um, yeah, it was A. The first one you said. Er, that is incorrect. Oh, snap. Hold on. Say that question again? Mario Kart 64 introduced which two playable characters? So they weren't playable before then? Correct. Um, oh, snap. Whatever one Bowser was a part of. Um, er, that is incorrect. <laughs> the answer is Wario and Donkey Kong. Oh, snap. They weren't playable before? What? I don't huh, understand didn't that. didn't know that. They both had games before that. Well, like, oh, playable oh. in Mario Kart. Oh, they didn't exist in Super Mario Kart. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right, so neither of you got that one. Question number three. Which version of Mario Kart has sold the most copies? Ooh. I'm going to say DS. Would you like me to read the choices? Because that is not one of them. Oh, shoot. <laughs> Mario Kart Tour, Mario Kart 7, Mario Kart Wii, or Mario Kart X Norwich Burnout? Oh, Mario Kart 7. Uh, no, it's, it's Wii. Oh, no. Ding, ding, ding. Cameron is correct with Mario Kart Wii. Oh, snap. Which I think this that might be dated because I'm sure Mario Kart 8 has surpassed it. Probably. Oh, okay. All right. So far, we've got two for Cameron. All right. Question four. Oh, I want to make a quick interrupt to the rules. How about we both have to concede before you answer, before you give the multiple choice? Like if we neither of us have an answer and then we say, okay, give us the choices. Okay, sounds good. All right, question four. What is the name of the level featured in every version of Super Mario Rainbow Road. Kart? Oh, shoot. I didn't let you finish. You did not. <laughs> but yes, it is Rainbow Road. Yeah, it <laughs> Sorry. is Rainbow Road. Three points for Cameron. All right, question five. How many weeks does each Mario Kart tour last? Uh, Snap. Mario Kart Tour? Does each Mario Kart Tour last? I wonder if that's referencing the mobile game. I'm going to guess four. I'll say two. Cameron is correct with two. <laughs> oh, oh man. Wow. He's crushing you. That was Apparently. a guess. <laughs> All right. So far we're at four points for Cameron, right? Zero for me. I think so. Yep. All right. Question six. Which character squirts ink at players? Blooper. Good. Nice. Jake got one. All right, so Cameron four, Jake one. I won? No. <laughs> <laughs> nice twist. Question seven. Which items give your cart the biggest power boost? The star. Golden mushroom. Golden mushroom is correct. Biggest power boost? Yep. Yeah. Well, the star gives you power. Yeah, but not, does, does oh, not okay. as fast as okay. the golden mushroom. Yeah. Power boost. All right, I see boost as in speed. All right. Yep. All right, so Cameron's got five. Jake has one. Question eight. You can do a rocket start during a race. True or false? True. True. It says false. Rocket start. <laughs> rocket start during a race. Nope, only the beginning. Oh, oh. I was thinking like, okay, yeah. I was thinking start of the race. Yep, you said yep. 
said during. <laughs> That's a silly question. <laughs> I didn't write these. All right, so neither of you got that one. All right. Um, what is not a cup race in Mario Kart DS? Ooh, I need choices. DS, okay. Jake, do you need choices? I need choices. All right. Is it star, flower, pizza, or shell? <laughs> pizza, come on. <laughs> <laughs> and question 10. How do you score points in a balloon battle? By uh, popping the balloons. Hitting them with items. Pop your opponent's balloons. Jake worded it the closest. Ah. Point, Jake. <laughs> So Jake ended up with two points, Cameron had five. Nice. Excellent job, dude. That was silly. <laughs> thank you, thank you. It was uh, quite a quiz. I need to brush up on my Mario Kart knowledge. Clearly. Yeah. Well, uh, I th think that just about does it. Jake, how much, how close are we to your house? Uh, we're, so that town right up there, it's just, it's after that town. I don't know what else to talk about. Okay, well, I guess we can talk about uh, some of the upcoming stuff. Like upcoming stuff? What I'm about to talk about, which is what's upcoming. See? You mean in our future episodes that we've already done? <laughs> well, I mean, like, what we're thinking about doing in the future. Like, maybe some of the things that we're going to be focusing on. Hey, remember we made a Patreon? Yes, we did. Anyone look at that yet? <laughs> I doubt it. Hopefully, hopefully our shirt is up now. Yes. Now that Jake will be back in Japan and will send me that image so I can get it made into a shirt. Yeah, ideally. That would be great. Yes. Um, we also did a very cheesy region unlocked photo shoot. Maybe that's on Patreon. <laughs> uh, Maybe. Yeah. It was pretty cool, though, to be honest. As far as other future stuff the rest of season three we've already been in season three for a very long time we're about ready for season four aren't we yeah we don't have too much more to talk about i think other than the episodes we've already recorded i think i can only think of like four or five more games i want to do for this season mm -hmm. and then i guess yeah we'll move on to to more things and okay. see where it goes yeah totally man what is the first thing you're going to do when you get back to Japan. The first thing I'm going to do when I get back to Japan is try and get through customs and whatever hazmat-suited quarantine <laughs> stations are lined up. So that is really big right now. And after I hopefully get through all that and I think that I've prepared the proper documentation for when they ask me very probing questions, uh, I will have to quarantine for 14 days in my apartment, which I honestly don't know right off the top of my head how I'm going to get there. Um, so I have a couple options. I can pay $300 to have a car take me there. Oh my gosh. Or I could take a specialized truck that can only, or a bus that will only take me halfway. And from there I'll take a, like a, a special private chauffeur or something. And the reason why, and I am really having a hard time with this. The reason why is because if you come from the outside of Japan and you land and you are found to be free of COVID and you're good to go in the country, you're not even allowed to use public transportation for that whole 14 days. 
um, which unfortunately is the way that most people get around in Japan. That means not even taxis. Oh my gosh. So, um, yeah, because you can technically pull rides with a taxi. Um, so that's going to be a difficult situation. I'll probably have to deal with that. Not sure how I'm going to do that yet. But alas, that is a, that's a bridge to be crossed when it needs to be crossed. Or in this case, it's an ocean to be crossed. When yeah. But so how's that monitored? If, like, if you just leave the airport and get on a train, uh-huh. what's to stop you from doing that? Well, when I get to Japan, I'm required by law to download a special app onto my phone that keeps the GPS up at all times that will track me for 14 days. And if it sees that I'm moving on train tracks or getting places very quickly, which they have full access to at all times, then I will probably be deported. Ah, that's crazy. It is quite strict over there right now. I just really wish things got a little bit looser. I mean, just a few weeks ago, it was just fine with the whole, like, shortening the quarantine period to 10 days and maybe even a little less. No, it's back to 14. This is the way the world is right now, and I'll just have to deal with it, as will we all, when we all want to visit Japan and see the awesomeness of the country. I, I love it too, but oh my gosh, it's not going to be very calming getting back right off the bat. No, it will not. Mm, we'll see what happens. I'll keep everyone reported. If there are any fun stories to tell, I will tell them on the podcast for sure. Yeah. I'm expecting some kind of a wrench to be thrown in the cog. Just not sure what that is yet. Yeah. Well, what's the first fun thing you're going to do? Oh, the first fun thing I'm going to do is lay down and fall asleep probably midday because I'm way out of whack with the schedule. Yes, <laughs> it's very true. Probably play some video games and go right back to the life that I was living right before I came over to, J not Japan, but the U.S. And just, you know, chill out for a while. Cool. Live those 14 days out as best I can. Probably do some, I don't know, maybe redecorating. Maybe I'll clean up a bit. Who knows? Cool. Yeah, very cool. Well, I feel like we are just wasting time at the moment. So let's go ahead and fast travel to the end of the episode when we get to your house. Which is very soon, actually. Oh, okay. So yeah. let's jump ahead like three minutes. Okay. Fast travel, go. Well, we are pulling into Jake's driveway Thank you for taking this road trip with us as we send Jake back to Japan, unfortunately, but it has been great having you. It's been great being here. I'm gonna I'm gonna miss, you know, doing these live episodes and hanging out, but there'll be times in the future. Hopefully, you know, things open up and stuff and things. Yeah, we'll see. Well, listeners, next week we'll be back in the past doing episodes we already recorded a month or two ago. I'll be back in Japan. Yeah. So, I guess I've, I've got nothing else to say. Me neither. I guess we can say, my name's Jake. Hey, my name's Cameron. Have an awesome, nerdy week. Minosan sayonara. Bye. All right, cool beans. I thought that was good. That was fun. It was unique.